0: And we are live, everybody. Welcome to the Cafe Hangout. I'm
1: John Pollock, along with Wei Ting. And Wei, the year is coming to a close. It is. What do we got? Like We've three, got three weeks? weeks? Wow. Three weeks until 2020. 2020. Yeah. You know what? I, while I can appreciate this, I know from my sense of punditry, but I am dreading a year from now when every year in review article is going to be hindsight being 2020 of course and of course all of the puns that we will get on uh 2020 hindsight now is it is it going to be any worse than when we
0: when the clock changed from 1998 to 1999 and everybody started playing prince
1: oh how many uh 2020 theme songs are we Are are Out there in the universe I don't know if there are many twenty. I don't know if
0: anybody Historically has romanticized 2020 that way But I'm saying the equivalent Will be everybody making this This what they believe to be A really clever pun
1: You know what I would do If I was hosting a New Year's Eve party And we were doing the countdown Instead of uh, the familiar uh, music coming on When the clock strikes midnight I would just have blaring on my speakers At my home party Barbara Walters This is twenty twenty. And
0: I don't know how many people would show up to that party, but Uh, Well, they may
1: not they may show up, (laughs) but they would be quickly exiting for the door to go find the real party. What are your plans? I suppose you you New Year's Eve, dude. My New Year's Eve, (laughs) I am literally gonna ring it in with my wife and then pack my stuff, and you and I are then gonna meet actually I don't believe We're
0: meeting in Chicago because we got separate flights out of here different times like the the they changed my flight last minute so like we're going to go and be on the same flight in Chicago but we're going to go we're going to connect at different times you know what i mean so i'm
1: leaving just slightly before you are but we're meeting in chicago oh okay. so we're not on the same flight to chicago no we're not oh here. i did not know this yeah do you still want to go together in a cab ah uh, yeah yeah for sure. I checked the uh the I don't think the express. We should the, probably talk about all this. <laughs> well, I was talking about this the other day. I figured that this is where we do our best planning way. We we don't talk as much as people might think no, off air. we do
0: no, we save it all for you guys.
1: I always if I I bombard way with like four or five topics at once in an email, the occasional text, but I'm very judicious. I was like this guy probably uh I know my boundaries. It's like <laughs> leave him alone unless it's no. absolutely necessary. No, 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 no. I,
0: I, I can appreciate a phone call at any time, John. I guess it's just, uh, it's because we. I mean, I'm respectful of your free time as well. I don't know what you're doing on your own. You've got a kid at home. You, you know, our free time is very limited, so I'm sure, you know, to to be as concise and as effective as possible, sometimes requires us to
1: to go through plans on on air, right? Like like we are right now. You know, it was a happy accident on Wednesday. Uh, I was taking. I was taking Max to this, uh, this little gym that they, they play on, all these toys and stuff, and first I, I had to... I'm all by myself, so I have to get him all ready, get to the car, get to the car. He informs me he has to pee. We have to go all the way back to the house. He did <laughs> not have to pee. We get all the way back to the car. I'm driving, and I'm going to grab my phone. My phone has been left at home, and I was like, there is no way I'm going back for my phone. So for the next hour and a half, no phone. I was like, oh, this is way better. It was really nice. It's nice. Oh. But it's, it's like you really do have such a – I feel this is like my new go-to topic every time. You but don't. it was really nice to just be – I literally had no option. I didn't even have to uh, – it's, it's just so subconscious that you reach for your phone. It's nice until you actually need it, until you actually have to – Well, that was part of it too is that I am out with my child. If, like, uh, you know, if there was an emergency, mm-hmm. there's an absolute need for a phone. Yes. So I did have to kind of put that to uh, the back of my mind as I went to this gym that was full of like 35 toddlers just running around wild. That sounds in, fun in plastic cars and slides. Well,
0: you know what? We got a phone right here, and we want you guys. To use it because we're opening up. The I want phone to move lines. on from this topic. Very good segue <laughs> no, from waiting. I don't want to. We have a limited amount of time, and we want to de- dedicate this time to our audience. Who, uh, hello, everybody showing up in the chat
1: room right now, watching us live. But I'm in less of a rush today. We, I, I can, oh, okay. I can allow for an overrun. We, we, can be, uh, we can be NXT instead of AEW. We well, don't have a hard out. Wonderful. Do call us, everybody.
0: You can search for post-wrestling on Skype or call us. Long-distance charges may apply at one 800 4423 But I guarantee you it'll be worth it, even if it is Yeah, going to
1: rack up your long-distance bill. We didn't want to schedule a guest today because I, I want to do our best to try and go through most of the cards this coming weekend. We've got Friday Night ROH Final Battle. I'd also be curious if anyone is checking out the Warrior Wrestling card that has a really loaded show on Fight TV on Friday night Saturday's got UFC 245 that I'm stoked to watch I'm really looking forward to this card Mm -hmm. Um, the main card is literally they could use any of those fights uh, to headline uh, not everyone can headline a pay-per-view but for a a fight night an ESPN card like you've got Uriah Faber in the opener against uh, Piotr Jan and it's probably not going to be a fun night for Uriah Faber fans Jose Aldo going down to bantamweight taking on Marlon Marais Probably won't be a fun f- night if you're a Jose Aldo fan. And then you've got three title fights on top of it. So I'm looking forward to that card. Sunday, we've got, uh, or Saturday, NWA into the fire. Saturday, is t- or Sunday is TLC. Dragon Gate's got a pay-per-view. Progress has a big show coming up this weekend. It is a loaded, loaded weekend uh, for wrestling and MMA. Well, it never ends. Last week felt a little unusual without that
0: much going on. Loved I mean, it. Even though I watched the ESPN card and that was it. Yeah. So this week we're making up for it. That's for sure. Let's go to the phone lines right now. Caller, you're on the air. You're the first caller in the cafe. What's up?
2: Hey, this is, uh, this is Trent. Uh, I uh, was only went to AW Live last night.
0: That's right. Yes, Trent, the winner of our uh, draw at the very end of the show. And you went with your little brother, correct?
2: My older brother, actually. Older oh, oh, okay. brother, got
0: okay. it. Okay, so yes. this, is, this is not Beretta. Uh, See, I was picturing a little kid, but that this <laughs> completely changes things.
2: Yes, no, 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 no. Uh, it was my older brother. Um, uh, he hasn't watched wrestling since, like, WCW, like, in 1998 or 99. I feel so,
1: like every week uh, we get a call like this from an AEW fan that drags a family member to a show. And how, how did your brother enjoy this uh, return to professional wrestling?
2: He, uh, he was highly skeptical coming in but he actually had a really good time uh so that that obviously made me very happy um a- anyone that stood things, out for
1: him who was he kind of uh, uh who is he really interested in coming off the show Who was he really a fan of
2: so that was actually one of the things i was most interested in seeing also um and actually believe it or not the guy he had the most fun watching was orange cassidy at the end of the night he he thought it was just absolutely hilarious
1: i'm not surprised not surprised at all. I think Orange Cassidy, I think, was a great signing by this company. I was a fan of it when they did it, and he's been a really fun part in in very small doses as well. D- did they did he have an actual match or was it just a spot?
2: Yes. So they did a six man match with uh, Trent, Chuck, and Orange Cassidy versus On Helico, Jack Evans, and Pac.
0: Right. Okay. And and do you feel like they're handling Orange Cassidy well? Because like can. It's it's tough for me to imagine him, I guess, in a in a actual singles match, especially on TV. So is this really kind of like you know the perfect role for him right now?
2: I think he's good in small doses. I don't think you want to make him you know like a guy you're building the company around. But I think having him on the show and giving him a two to three minute spotlight every week, I think is perfect.
1: There's a time. So I
2: think they've done a good job with that.
1: Yeah, I think there's a time, and it's not now that you can one day do that big heavy angle where orange cassidy you can build him up to a serious match and do like a really heated angle where someone bloodies him up or he's sticking up for for trent and chuck who are taken out i think that there's there's a time you can do that um after you know playing this this character for enough time that you know once a year orange cassidy does a serious match and everyone can see like the guy can really go and i think people are aware of that
2: i totally agree um There were a couple of uh, notes I wanted to give also about uh, the end of the night. So uh, I guess that's kind of the custom at this point. Uh, After the last match, which was that six-man match we were just talking about, Cody came out to do like a, you know, like the big thank you or whatever. And he mentioned that at some point during the night, someone stole a $3,000 microphone from Justin Roberts.
1: Oh, wow. So
2: (laughs) they offered to let the person return the microphone with no questions asked so uh, i don't know if they ever got the mic back but they they offered that person basically a get out of jail free card so, you know you know what uh, hopefully- they,
1: they they better have found Emmy sakura because that would be the first person i would be questioning
2: <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a good point
1: wow well uh oh, oh. the microphone was returned oh, i mean oh. I, i'm surprised it's only three hundred dollars a lot of theft in... No, 3,000. Oh, 3,000. I thought you said 300. Okay, wow. So no. there you go. That makes uh, more sense. A lot of theft in uh, wrestling this week. Yeah. Well, there you go. And, well, and, any other notes, uh, Trent, from the show?
2: Yes. So they did, uh, they did a spot where they brought three little kids into the ring, mm-hmm. where one kid was dressed as Orange Cassidy, one <laughs> kid was dressed as Pentagon, and then there was a third kid who said his name was Brody... To which Cody replied, "Wait a minute! Are you the guy WWE just released? We need uh, to take you to the back to get you to sign some papers."
1: <laughs> That's very funny.
2: <laughs> I like that. It's, so, a, it's it, it,
1: like there's a constant uh, theme of like, especially younger kids attending these that are dressing up. I think it's a it's a cool little thing that they've got going that you don't always see at you know WWE shows, for
2: instance. Yeah. So then they uh, they brought a referee out from the back, and Cody laid down to let the Orange Cassidy kid pin him, but then instead of just pinning him the kid started punching cody in the stomach so cody was like selling wildly while the real orange Cassidy was trying to grab the kid and just get him to bit him
1: wow how old was this kid was this like a like a uh, small kid
2: yeah like four maybe three or four he was a small kid yeah
1: damn the four-year-old wouldn't do business wow shooting so on it, cody. Was, it,
2: was, it was pretty funny
1: yeah must have been maybe mjf has a has a cousin or something like that. Well, that, that it, it does sound like it's a really fun time, even when the show ends, like you get your bonus matches for Dark. And it's typical that, you know, you get the interview segment where it's a lot of fan interaction and just seems like like a real fun time where they send everyone off really happy at the end of the night.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely uh, a great way to end the night. Uh, I for sure had a blast. I would highly recommend uh, if AEW's coming to your town to definitely check it out. Any uh, guess? Yeah, I, I had a blast.
1: Any rough estimate, Trent, on how many you would uh, you would assume were, were at the show in Garland?
2: Yeah, so I guess the seating capacity was 7,000, but uh-huh. they had three sections blocked off for the, for the hard cam. Right. But other than those sections, the building was probably... 90 95 percent full so i would guess probably 45 to five thousand, somewhere in there
1: that's a good number yeah one of them apparently was teddy hart did you see teddy
2: i i did not i saw the pictures on twitter afterward but i did not notice him during the show
1: it's it's hard not to notice teddy hart but yeah he did uh did make an appearance there i never saw him on tv but yeah the photos were out after well thank you very much trent for, for the call we really appreciate it
2: all right take care guys thanks trent
1: there you go seems that uh they always sound like great times that's you know you don't hear many negative experiences uh mm-hmm. live uh these headphones are incredible, good. way bought me these new headphones, yeah, the but... ones I had prior i can't tell you i don't think i I let on it was such a struggle during these phone calls. I wonder if we have them here, but um yeah, no, it's it's a long time coming. These have been retired forever <laughs> because one ear would constantly go in and out. And if Ooh. you can go back, you can watch me just playing with this damn cord the uh-huh. entire phone call where it would go in and out, in and out. And I just assumed like I just have to deal with this. And after months, um it was the headphones. These are way better. It's about time. That oh way, my god! Upgraded a little bit here. That was like
0: a... I, I think they're on the other other way. But they, they are oh, you telling they me work. they're
1: on the backwards? I
0: think they're on backwards, but it's okay a lot of people like it's hard to know it's hard to really know what's what's the right way it it should say like left and right i don't know the other way sounded better (laughs) it did (laughs) okay i I don't care i'm I'm breaking rank (laughs) go go ahead uh uh thank you for the call do you
1: want to get into some of our our thoughts on nxt yeah um nxt on wednesday night i i did feel overall for the two hours i did enjoy aew more than nxt but my match of the night was Leo Rush and Angel Garza. I love that match. Yeah. 16 minutes. Those two have just been ideal opponents for one another. Mm-hmm. I am so high on Garza that that guy has top babyface potential. I see him, you know, he to me is everything they are hoping Humberto Carrillo uh, can be mm-hmm. um, as the Spanish star. And mm-hmm. Garza is there. And what a moment. He wins the title. And then he proposes to his girlfriend during that, the, commercial, during the break. commercial break. Yeah. And then they air it right afterwards. But I just thought, man, if if the two shows were beginning, I mean, you had John Moxley coming out, so obviously the big star power was on AEW at that time. But what a super hot match that those two had! And I, I hope that they revisit though that feud later because I think they're just magic together. It's, it's been an incredible
0: re- rebranding of not just the Cruiserweight belt, but I would say certainly of Leo Rush as well, who, I mean, shit, like se- several months ago, he was Bobby Lashley's manager. And now all of a sudden, I, I mean, he's, he's Bobby <laughs> Lashley just bent over <laughs> and showed his ass to the crowd. You know, now he's a serious competitor that I actually look forward to seeing every single week. And he's had an amazing run with this Cruiserweight belt. And they've done a great job of rebranding this thing to the point where it's like it feels like it's a coveted title. And this incredible prop that added so much value to this. Man's real life marriage proposal at the end of the like uh, at the end of the match. The match was great. Uh, Angel Garza is is they they've done a fantastic job with in a very slow s- small amount of time, and it seems
1: like they're going with a babyface direction with him. I mean, yeah, um, I think it's. You know, it's it's a weird division because you can really just put anyone into that division on NXT mm-hmm. that fluctuate between the heavyweights and and the cruiserweights. There is a two,
0: but, still a two hundred five weight limit, they say. So Keith Lee's not going to be challenging for that belt anytime soon. No,
1: but, but in that main event, I mean, could Champa and Balor not qualify for cruiserweight status? You
0: don't I, close absolutely. to it? How much As- is Champa? no absolutely i feel like they can um it's just about whether or not i think they have to increase the cruiserweight like it's still very much a secondary title and i would say even a, a third title underneath the the north american belt right now so they still have a, a ways to go i think to rebrand it i would love to see them actually change the belt get rid of the purple like put the nxt logo
1: on it and just kind of like make it completely its own thing yeah i think it's 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 going to be tough to differentiate that from say the north american title as well as mm-hmm. kind of that uh, other singles championship Uh, other notable parts obviously Finn Balor winning the main event uh, Keith Lee taking the fall after the coup de grace so that sets up Adam Cole and Keith Lee and some people may have missed it but that closing shot is the undisputed era including Bobby Fish coming out so I haven't heard an update on Bobby Fish but at least he was out there Mm -hmm. and hopefully it means that it is not too serious because he wasn't on the show at all. Last week,
0: this match I thought was fantastic. It was to me like a really fun, almost like a bowl style three-way where it wasn't your usual WWE style with one guy always lying on the floor. It was like lots of really cool three-way spots. Both of the letter to guys working really well off of Keith Lee, really creative, like man that there was like a air raid crash as like Chompa was holding Balor sitting on top of Keith Lee's electric chair that I just leapt out of my seat. Like, just trying to see, um, you know, really, really great finish, too, with the uh, Keith Lee delivering the Spirit Bomb and, and Balor timing it perfectly to to land on Keith Lee with his coup de gras right on impact. I, lo- I thought that match was great. Overall, I actually enjoyed NXT more, and maybe that's just my personal taste at the moment, but I've been enjoying NXT more than AEW for... Uh, several weeks now
1: I'll say this about NXT I thought they did the most effective job of promoting next week because the treatment they gave Shayna Baszler and Rhea Mm -hmm. Ripley was fantastic I can't wait to watch that Prime Target show that to me was outstanding and that to me of both shows that's the main event I I think that should go on last next week and that's Ripley's big coronation beating Shayna and I would make it Shayna's last appearance I don't need Mm -hmm. to see a rematch afterwards I think this should be Shayna's uh, send-off
0: I'm looking forward to Prime Target a lot because I believe this is the third Prime Target. I think the first one they did was with. Gargano. They did
1: Gargano and and
0: Cole, but that wasn't. I feel like that wasn't as involved. Like like because I think the Walter Bait one was when it That's felt like right. it was that a was real documentary, one. right? And, I, 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 like, from what we could see from the clips here of, like, Shayna Baszler talking about her Mustang, like, all that stuff I love. And I'm, I'm at a point now where, with, especially with these two, I really crave a lot more outside-of-the-ring sort of storytelling with
1: I them. I wonder if they they should interview Josh Barnett in there, you would think. Mm, I don't know. I hope so. Maybe we'll get some AIW footage of uh, Shayna Baszler at that infamous show Maybe. with Ronda Rousey in the back. Maybe. But I'm looking forward to that show a lot. I think they did it. Overall,
0: I thought, like, the show did a great job of, like using video to like tell these stories between the prime target and also little featurettes on all the main event participants in, in lee Champa and balor i thought it made great use of that time
1: yeah they they built up the main event very well uh next week i i think both shows are gonna have tremendous mm-hmm. shows i think you're gonna get a really great night uh next wednesday to close
0: b dakota kai had their match as well
1: <laughs> right ending with the uh the dq there where the uh the knee brace got... Oh, sorry. it was uh, Dakota, uh, Kai Dakota Kai got the win after bringing in the the, the knee brace. After using the uh, turnbuckle. Exposed That's right. turnbuckle. Yeah. Um, I actually... I, I kind of got a kick out of the um, Cameron Grimes match with Raul Mendoza. So he's got his... his uh, Cameron Grimes puts his top hat on the post and mm-hmm. Kushida comes out. And it was almost like they kind of... Mendoza and Grimes kind of like screwed up the spot. But it was the exact way that Grimes should have been like off a step because he was literally literally distracted. That I thought it actually worked well, that he was really thrown off by this guy in the corner yeah. eyeing his hat. And then Mendoza gets the upset win, which I would only say it was a very they did it back to back with Mendoza getting the upset win that they treated it as such, and then Travis Banks doing the same in the very next segment over right. Jackson Riker of the kind of the upset out of nowhere.
0: Sure, sure. a little thing, but yeah, yeah. I do, I do feel like maybe the Travis Banks um, Jackson Ryker one was more of a David Goliath spin on it, uh, and and they're doing a whole lot of that to promote Worlds Collide right now, and finally giving NXT UK a much needed victory because they're fighting from a position that where they're sorely behind anyway, so they kind of need that credibility to stand up to the NXT roster. Um, all that I thought was done really well. I I liked the, that the way. They had Dakota Kai win, but Mia Yim regained her heat back by a very spectacular uh, uh, move off of the um, the stage through a table. I mean, it was it was a big enough spot that I think you're left looking at Mia Yim, you know, as sort of the, the superior building to whatever rematch that they might do. Yeah, that
1: was a... She's been showing great fire mm-hmm. in these couple weeks. Yeah, it'll be interesting when they decide to bring Tegan Knox back that they've uh, kind of mm-hmm. kept her away because that should be ideally you hold that off until takeover i wouldn't do that at you know, worlds collide that doesn't really fit the the theme of the show no and the focus is on yim and, and kai right now and, and also like does so they're gonna do nxt next week that show is pretty much set up unless you're gonna do some angle for worlds collide but then they're off for two weeks and you come back and you've got what two three episodes to build up worlds collide like right. you pretty much have to have your card ready well they're gonna be off They're off for two weeks. They're off for Christmas Day and and New Year's Day. So they're back January 8th. So they've got episodes on the 8th, 15th, and 22nd Mm -hmm. to set up Worlds Collide that you would figure maybe uh, Tony Storm is figured in to take on Rhea Ripley, potentially. Hmm. Um, Whether Baszler's still around, or I think Baszler should be done after next week. I think that Mm -hmm. that should be it. She's conquered, and then you have Duke and Shafir maybe left over to kind of run roughshod on the division in basler's absence mm. or what you do i don't know Yeah, we'll see what What do you do with shavir and and, ba- uh, and
0: and duke from what i've seen of them i think they're still like a pretty long ways away from from being ready you almost wonder if they should be well i mean do you think Shayna shana is going to be called up is that is that what you're suggesting i think she should be if she's called up i wonder if you even bring up duke and Shafir with them just as, like, the, you know, sort of, like, the mm, the, the the accessories, you yeah. know what I mean? For lack of a better word. Because I think there's such a long way from, like, being, come, I don't know, uh, uh, up to the standard of even what NXT requires that yeah. I almost feel like they might be better served. I think it does add the to the
1: Baszler presentation to have those two. Yeah. I just look at those two that it, you've invested this time in them. They are not ready for that, that they should be in NXT and working. um yeah, it's a tough call to see what, what you do with those two. Mm-hmm. I, I think they should probably stay down in NXT. They weren't really part and parcel with Baszler during that Survivor Series buildup. Um, but, you know, the way they did the angle with Becky, I think everything is set up for sure. Baszler to show up. But disappear for like a month from all programming. And then maybe she, you know, throws Becky out at the Rumble. Or mm-hmm. y- you can do many different ways to introduce her. But you've, you've set up that program that you would like to see them cash in on.
0: Let's go back to the phone lines. We're joined by Des Des Delgadillo.
3: What's up, what's going on, fam? How you guys been? Hey, hey man. Dez. how are nice, you? Nice to hear from you. Hey, good. Yeah, it's been a minute. I I just wanted to say, first of all, man, congratulations. We're getting close to what? Like, is it your two year anniversary coming up at the end of the month?
1: yeah uh, we New are coming up on it. New Year's Eve, yeah.
3: Okay. Christmas, yeah, Eve. Awesome. Christmas
1: Eve. I'm sorry, Christmas Eve. There you go.
3: Oh, that's right. You launched with the Christmas show. Well, congratulations, guys. I'm Thank Dez. Thanks, uh, man. I love it. Um, I wanted to I wanted to just kind of talk about something that's a little specific to me, but I, I wanted to know what you guys thought of it. Right now, uh, both AEW and NXT are really relying heavily on picture-in-picture, uh, picture. and um, especially AEW, I think it's super smart uh, the way that they're they're doing a lot of their big angles during the commercial breaks. Like last week, they had that spot with uh, Nyla Rose and, and uh, putting uh, Rick Knox through the table. It was and uh, and just like going on this path of rage and whatnot um and the haircutting, and, yeah and the haircutting. I mean that's a pretty big <laughs> pretty big thing too so I think it's really awesome and very smart that they're doing that I personally hate it though being somebody who's uh visually impaired and like de- very much so de- like depends on the soundtrack and the commentary
4: mm-hmm.
3: and I, I think at least you know like one of the things that they really uh failed on and I don't know if uh, they did a lot of big angles this week I haven't read the report or listened to a rewind to dynamite yet but um i think at the very least there should be some sort of attempt on the commentary to recap those angles that happen on uh the commercials instead of Mm -hmm. just putting them up on the on the youtube and redirecting us to those because uh there's a i don't know i just think there's a a little bit of a disconnect there i think they have a really smart idea um and i think they are going to see it pay off but uh, i think it still could use a little bit of iron ironing out
1: yeah i think it's you could debate either way. Like do you do something that is notable to educate people that you shouldn't the picture in picture isn't just a signal to tune away to the other channel because that's the whole point of these picture in picture is to keep that that audience captivated but if you do too much and especially if you're not recapping it afterwards, I think that's frustrating to the viewer as well. I when they go to the picture in picture, I'm kind of tuned out at that point. I'm not I'm not expecting anything notable to happen during that, and I'm kind of just skimming through it myself. You have to make a stronger
0: effort to actually focus and pay attention so, so that you're ignoring the, the Long John Silver ad that's playing on in the side.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that was pretty much my only point this week, guys. I just wanted to uh, wish you guys uh, happy holidays and uh, looking forward to another year of great stuff.
1: Hey, Des, what's the, what's the biggest card this, this weekend?
3: Uh, the, uh, what were the cards again? We've got the, was... Final Battle.
1: There's a Warrior Wrestling card on Fight TV, NWA's pay-per-view, UFC, TLC. Uh, do any of these uh, strike your interest?
3: Um, honestly, I never thought I would say this, but the one that stands out the most right now is the uh, Into the Fire show. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't take advantage of the early bird discount, so I think I'm probably just going to um, wait around and see what the big matches are and maybe watch them in recap form on YouTube. But out of all of them, um, that one has the two out of three falls with all this in storm, right? So that that one's going to be... Uh, uh, really, really good show, I think, um, and I think they're going to put their best their best foot forward. But Warrior Wrestling, um, what what is? I've never heard of them before. What uh, maybe you could talk about that a little bit more, and um, I'll get off so somebody else can uh, can jump in here.
1: All right, thanks a lot thanks, for the Des. call, Des. We really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, Warrior Wrestling, like they're based out of uh, Illinois. Uh, they've been running for a while now, and they've got a really big card on Friday night. So this is going against the uh, the ROH pay per view and. The big matches on the show, uh, Will Ospreay is going to be working a tag with Rocky Romero and Amazing Red against the Rascals from Impact Wrestling. Minoru Suzuki is taking on Filthy Tom Lawler. Uh, Brian Cage versus El Phantasmo. Uh, Michael Elgin's on this card taking on... Uh, uh, he's in a singles match here. I'm just trying to pull up the whole show. But that, it, it's a pretty interesting card. Lance Archer and Brian Pillman Jr. So having the access to New Japan talent, to some Impact talent, uh, it's... It's a really interesting show. I think anytime you can get a Will Ospreay and a Minoru Suzuki, that's going to be really interesting. It looks like a really hot show, but I mean, without that much
0: kind of um, promotion behind it, I I really do wonder how much the market is right now for something that is competing with things that have weekly television like NWA or or uh, anything, any other offerings from WWE and so on. Let's go back to the phone lines right now. Caller, you're on the air. What's up? Hi,
4: this is Derek from Orlando. Hello, hey, Derek. How are you guys? Um, I actually wanted to talk about UFC 245. Uh, It's actually one of my more anticipated cards this year. Yeah. Um, But I was interested in the card structure because, you know, Kobe Covington versus Kamaru Usman doesn't feel like it should be the top match to me. Um, I feel like more Amanda Nunez has done more to become that main event star. But what do you guys think?
1: Um, You know, in a lot of these cases, when you do have the... Multiple title fights. They kind of defer to the heavier weight class that typically gets the, the the headlining spot. I think the idea was that Usman and Covington was going to be your biggest grudge on this on this pay per view. That for many, that's the most intriguing fight on this card. Uh, it's kind of hard to, to say which is like the biggest fight here. I, I find all three title fights very captivating in in different ways, but certainly I think Amanda Nunez uh, fighting is. I think I think a big deal at this point, coming off the wins over over Cyborg last year, over Holly Holm. Mm-hmm. But I think the idea is that the most amount of people are kind of tied into the Usman Covington grudge. That I'll, I'll say now that we're a few days out, it doesn't feel as big as I thought it would be going into this.
4: Yeah, but who, um, yeah, I just feel like uh, Amanda's like on the edge of retirement. I know she said it a couple of times. Um, it's just you know it, it feels like she's never gotten that top push for like a uh, main
1: event level. Well, I think that it's, you know, Jermaine Durand I think is a difficult opponent for her. She does have a win over Durand but I, I wouldn't have seen that one being in the, uh, in the headline position. And I think that's the unfortunate part with Amanda Nunez is that, you know, she's either beaten the top women or in the case of cyborg beaten her. And she's left the company, which would have been her biggest potential fight this year. And it's just a matter of trying to find opponents now for Amanda Nunez at either weight division. And you, you're not... Mm-hmm. You, you don't have a lot of stars in either division beyond Amanda right now.
4: Yeah. Who do you uh, see winning that main event, though, between uh, Kamaro and...
1: Uh, and Holby? Covington? I think that this... Yeah. I think this fight is ultimately going to come down... If you're looking at just the wrestling, and this will be interesting. Like, if either is able to impose their wrestling on the other... I mean, from a credential standpoint, Covington was a Division one wrestler uh, above mm-hmm. Usman. But... I I think that the conditioning of Covington, I favor him in that department. I don't think this guy is going to slow down for 25 minutes, and it's going to come down to Usman, is he going to abandon his wrestling in favor of Covington's, and does this cancel itself out, and suddenly this becomes a a boxing match, and if that is the case, this is a very hard fight to call at that point.
4: Yeah, I mean, I just feel like uh, Kobe has the edge, even though you know I don't personally... Like his gimmick that he's been going with, um, I do see Kobe
1: actually winning this fight. I I think I, I I think I favor Covington in this fight, but it's uh, it'll be notable to see Kamaru Usman uh, get beat. Um, and this could be one that it could be five rounds that drag, or it could be really exciting if this is just a, a game of inches between these two and what kind of style each is going to be be able to present to the other. Yeah, really excited for that. Thanks for taking my call, guys. No problem. Um, so that main card, uh, besides Usman and Covington and Amanda Nunez, Jermaine Durandamy, has Max Holloway defending the featherweight title against Alexander Volkanovsky, and then Aldo Marias and Piotr Jan Uriah Faber uh, makes up the main card, and we will have a post show for that Saturday night, myself and Phil, after this card. That, yeah, should be, a, should be an entertaining card. I've got a friend that's actually down there. For a bachelor party. Oh, really? They're, they're, go- they're all
0: going in the show. So they're totally casual fans, like even more so than I am. So I think they're just kind of going in
1: cold, but they're picking a good one, of course. The casual interest ultimately comes down to Way's friends getting together for a fight, which I imagine this one doesn't quite make the, the, the pick actually, up the phone. We're
0: meeting up for Star Wars next week, so that it kinda, <laughs> the Star Wars is kind of filled up. Filled I would imagine,
1: though, up. January 18th. Waiting friends may come out of the woodwork what's happening that's the conor mcgregor Donald oh, fight wow
0: already yeah yes i think so
1: i'll probably have people over if, if you need a, a place are you inviting all everybody or you have me? a lot of friends i would need <laughs> no, I a there would don't. need to be a cutoff
0: at some point yes <laughs> all right we shall see back to the phone lines caller you're on the air what's up good
1: afternoon guys oh my goodness <laughs> he made it Three thirty-five, <laughs> fresh off um well let's be honest the fight of the year on saturday night in hidalgo texas New undisputed WWE UFC champion (laughs) Jacob Tito Ortiz (laughs) defeating Alberto Rodriguez.
5: So I guess he's gonna fight the Sicara next, right?
1: Well, of course, naturally, yeah.
5: (laughs) I mean, because Sicara is a shooter, so uh, I mean, he's got he's got legit fighting credentials, so. uh... I mean, the only question is Kabat- how many America. people
1: how many people Cara about that fight sin? <laughs> Brandon, what, what what exists on your mind right now as we speak? I don't know if oh, I want to know. Um, <laughs> well, I was gonna
5: ask you a serious question. Have you seen Watchmen yet?
0: You no, know, I have not. I mean, I've seen everybody rave about it. People that I know that aren't even comic book fans are raving about it. So, I, you know what I'm doing? I'm actually going to save it all
1: for my flight to to Japan. Oh, that's smart. So, is this uh, what, what's what's Watchmen on? What, what service? HBO. 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 Okay, I actually yeah. would be able to watch it, but I'm not yeah, going it's to.
5: It's tremendous. You, yeah, you're going to. you,
0: you know what I heard recently? Actually, I heard from our friend W H. That he, Scrump, and Brandon are actually in a, like a top-secret Twitter DM group. Whoa. Where they talk about the Watchmen. Oh, man. And
1: that is a future podcast I absolutely have to hear between the three of you. Brandon, WH, and Scrump. Yeah. Wow. This is way getting the scoops it's, on dark Twitter. It's, oh my it's, God.
5: it's legit, man. It's, it's, good, it's good conversation.
1: I'm imagining a, it's, it's, imagining a lot of random gifs in that chat. Hey Brandon, how many how many title switches do you forecast for Saturday night UFC? Oh
5: shit, man! Uh,
1: Over or oh, under sorry, one.
5: Uh, so, so, sorry, I curse. I don't want TNT to uh, to uh, block out my audio for for like last night. Um, I'm I, I think two. Two. Uh, I think. Uh, I think. Uh, I think. Uh, Usman. I'm not. I mean, yeah. No, no. Uh, I think Usman's gonna win. Actually.
1: Yeah. I uh, I could see Covington and Volkanovski winning this. I'm picking Amanda, um, though. I, I, it's very hard to choose this this Holloway Volkanovski one. I, I hate betting against Max Holloway because when you do pick the challenger, Holloway has such a style that you'll sound like an idiot by round four uh, if he just turns it on uh, midway in the second and just overwhelms Volkanovski.
5: Yeah, but he didn't look he didn't look so sharp his last fight though. You you got to admit that, right? Holloway or Volkanovski.
1: Holloway. I mean,
5: oh yeah, yeah. Like I
1: believe me, I'm I'm leaning Volkanovski in this fight. I think this is one of the toughest fights Max has had at featherweight in a long time. Like this is this is his most serious contender. Man, I mean, going back how long? Um, you know, throw out the Dustin Poirier fight at lightweight, but this is uh, Volkanovski winning. I I don't think is a bold prediction at all. Uh,
5: Volkanovski hits like a freaking half. Like he got thunder in this fist. He's he's a tough out. That's definitely gonna be an awesome play. Um, yeah, I think I, I think uh I think he's gonna win. Uh I think uh, the champions yeah, the two champions will retain. I, I think Jermaine is uh that's a bridge too far. I think Amanda man New Year's is mm-hmm. she's so tough, man. She's she's rugged. I mean she was wor- rocking like a a Coochie sweater at the press conference too. Uh so uh yeah, I like her I like her style too. So yeah, I don't I I mean, Jermaine's a great fighter, but I don't—I uh, don't think she's at that
1: level. What do you, What do you think uh, about uh, Jose Aldo? Do you think it's—it's uh, it's tough to be doing this weight cut when you're also auditioning for the next He Man remake as the lead villain?
5: <laughs> I thought he was auditioning for the remake. You're <laughs> gonna kill me. Uh, nah, but I-, I thought he was auditioning for the remake of the Machinist. I mean, he—he he looks
1: horrible. <laughs> so. So there was a photo last week that came out. This is before like he's getting into the hard cut during the week, and he's not looking great. And then today, I see a photo of Ariel Hawani interviewing him. So this is uh, oh. the day before the weight cut. And Dude, his cheeks are sunk in. He looks awful. Like, if you were to tell me, in 2019, Aldo was going to be leaving featherweight. Ninety-nine percent of normal, rational-thinking fight fans would be okay. He's going up to lightweight after all these years. I don't understand this move to one hundred and thirty-five pounds, and you're fighting Marlon Marais. Like Jesus Christ! If Aldo wins this fight, I, I just, I would, I will be stunned. I will be stunned. Yeah, that's a
5: that's a tough fight, especially. I don't know why, who gave him the, who gave him the suggestion to cut weight to cut the weight. That's madness. I, I, I don't
1: think he's gaining anything going down. I think any anything. I, I don't think that you're going to see any improvements on his game going down this weight this weight class. I, you know, this was a guy that was struggling at times to hit 145. So I, I think this is a really bizarre decision to be making uh, at this stage of his career. Still not the oldest guy in the world. I, I think he would. I would be much more interested in seeing him fight at lightweight than bantamweight.
5: I know the UFC's got to get a return on investment for giving him that 10-year deal, but, I mean, come on, uh, do another, stay a lightweight. That's, that's madness. Um, uh, quick, what do you, are you guys shocked how tame that, that the the build-up between Covington and Usman is? I mean, it hasn't been as controversial as I thought it was going to be. And, and uh, xenophobic. Uh,
1: well, I think Covington was trying to make up for lost time on that athletes panel on, on Thursday. If you want to see cringe at its finest, the, the way they did it, it's Megan O'Levy doing a panel with the the champions and challengers. So we have a panel um, with Covington, Volkanovsky, and Jermaine Durandamy. And they're taking fan questions. And they're asked, what would you be if you did not become a fighter? Uh, Covington's answer after pausing was, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. And Megan O'Levy is just trying to get things back on track. It was so painfully awkward to watch. As Covington is sitting there with his orange suit and the uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s book in his lap. I don't know. It's. I totally understand why people are not into this guy at all. I don't think it's the shtick that translates into drawing like business on pay per view. Um, at this point, is he? Is it even shtick or? Is it just who he is? It's it's stick, and you can't argue that it's enhanced his career greatly. Um I, I just don't find it to be uh super effective. But again, we're also now in an era where we're not seeing these pay per view numbers every month and we don't really get an external gauge of, you know, who who is moving moving business at, at, at this point in time. But I mean for Covington it's it's stick, but I think you can also be very critical of like the rhetoric that he's throwing out there for people and, you know, largely it's, it did save his UFC career.
5: I mean, he would, I mean, he's working, I mean, he's living that gimmick now. I mean, I mean, he was in TNA, right? With Dan Lambert. So, I mean, who knows if this is real or make-believe now, right?
1: I mean, it's, it's not like the guy's super secretive either about, you know, understanding that he needed this in his career to do this and people uh, buy into it. But I, I, I don't know i I also don't think it's uh that's the defense of still spewing out a lot a lot of hatred shit at, at the same time either and just hey hey bro I'm working um I don't know but nonetheless um i I do think I give him the edge in this fight with uh Kamaru Usman so um it
5: it's could, be interesting uh a cu- couple questions I'll get out of here um are you are you guys interested in uh quintet tonight on see uh, fight pass? Did you get to? I I am really interested to, in
1: this. I I'm going to try and make some time to to watch this. Um, do you want to explain the concept, Brandon? Because I think it's pretty cool that they're they're doing this. So
5: they have like te- like different teams of. I, I guess uh,
1: we have Team UFC, Team Pride, Team WEC, and Team Strike Force, I believe. And it's it's like Survivor Series teams, essentially. It's like four teams of four, and uh, and. Then from there, it's like what is it? It's like a eight minute time limit between the pairings.
5: Yes, correct. It, it, and it's 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 right up Way's alley too. Way would love that. How I mean, so? Especially Mark Munoz like, jiu jitsu and shit like that. Oh, right? it's, okay. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's just it's like it's just like
1: grappling matches, and they cool. max out at eight minutes, and then the next uh, the next uh, pairings uh, come in, and it's like they've got like solid names in it um, as well. So Mark Munoz, Jake Shields. Yeah, it's I I, I really love these kinds of uh, concepts that they've uh, they've come up with to draw people in um, just using stars that, you know, many of whom are no longer fighting anymore. Um, I'm just pulling up the teams here. So Team UFC consists of uh, Anthony Smith, Anthony Johnson, Sean O'Malley, Clay Guida and Gilbert Burns. Team Pride, Eve Edwards, Hector Lombard, Gregor Gracie, Takanori Gomi and Kazushi Sakuraba. Team WEC, Chad Mendes, Glover Teixeira, Mark Munoz, Cub Swanson, and James Krause. And Team Strikeforce, Gilbert Melendez, Jake Shields, King uh, Moe, Jay-Z Calvacante, and Hanato Babalu Sobral. It's
5: a good lineup, dude. I'm definitely...
1: Gordon Ryan and Alexei Olenek. Like, this is... uh, I'm sure this is going to be a really fun show to watch tonight. Uh, And
4: one
5: one more question real quick. Um, uh, Do you think that the... The only NWO that should be inducted into the Hall of Fame
1: is NWO 1000. A- am I wrong on that? Yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I love you. Guys. Okay, thank you, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Always a pleasure. <laughs> he, he's he's just trying to butter his way into. of really. I,
0: I'm surprised
1: that the man doesn't already have his own podcast. Um. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe their uh, their Twitter conversations will be made public in 2020 somewhere. Yes. Are there some previews you want to get into? Well, let's uh, let's look at some of these cards here. We don't have to go uh, super in-depth on all of these. Uh, Final Battle on Friday night is headlined by Roosh and PCO for the ROH title. Briscoe Brothers against Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham for the tag titles. Bully Ray versus Mark Haskins in a street fight. Matt Taven versus Vincent, who is the former Vincent Marseglia, uh, now assuming the name of uh, Soul Train Jones. Shane Taylor and... Rio Lee for the ROH World Television title, Marty Skrull and Flip Gordon against Bandito and Flamita, Jeff Cobb versus Dan Moff, Angelina Love and Maria Manic. Rhett Titus versus Kenny King, the former All Night Express, and Dalton Castle and Joe Hendry versus Silas Young and Josh Woods. Uh, those last two matches are going to be on the 7 to 8 p.m. hour that they are making free, and then the pay-per-view proper starts at 8 o'clock p.m. So uh, rewind to SmackDown on Friday night for cafe members. I'm going to be reviewing Final Battle. Way's going to be reviewing SmackDown. So we'll cover both those shows Friday night.
0: So right before SmackDown, you can spend 7 to 8 watching, potentially, if you want. Um, actually, you can watch the whole show, but for free, you can catch Red Titus versus Kenny King, as well as Dalton Castle and Joe Hendry versus Silas Young and Josh Woods. Yeah. And what are you looking forward to on this show?
1: Um, I'm... I'm imagining like it's I I think that uh, Skrull and Flip Gordon against Bandito and Flamita should be a tremendous uh, tag match. I I think Shane Taylor is very under underrated, and I think working with with a high flyer like Dragon Lee that could be a really entertaining match as well. Uh, Lethal and Gresham that's a great team together with the Briscoes. Main event it will be interesting where they go. I think Roosh retains the title and uh, keeps it over PCO. But it'll be interesting to see if they shoot any big angles and how ROH closes off their year. They've got this pay per view and then the TV tapings on Sunday and what they do to end what's been a, a very tough year for this company. Who who's who might be wrestling their last ROH show? So we know that um, contracts that were coming due included PCO, uh, Bandito, Jeff Cobb. Um, those would be ones to watch. And so what score? Skrull as well. Skrull, his deal had expired at the end of November and then was working... uh, He's doing both shows this week, if I'm not mistaken. So he's doing uh, Friday and Sunday. I would say if he's ultimately leaving, they'd probably do that angle Sunday at the tapings. So, uh, unless he's staying. So I guess those would be the ones to watch and see if there's any kind of send-offs or angles uh, taking them out. Or conversely, um, announcing that they're staying as well. So it'll be... (laughs) Uh, An interesting weekend for ROH in terms of setting up 2020. Want to jump back on the phone lines quickly? Let us go to the calls.
0: Our
6: man Neil, you're on the air. What's up? Hi, guys. Yes, I can confirm the existence of the Watchmen um, secret chat. Are you in it it too? WH was kind enough to add me to it in the the past week. Have you seen The Irishman, Neil? Uh, No, I haven't. I keep putting it off because it's so long. Although I've seen these kind of guides to, you know, episode you know, eyes, not a word, you know, the, the thing. But uh, no, I haven't seen it yet is the short answer. Because in, in the post-wrestling world, not, not
1: to uh, compare him to a, a mobster or anything, but W.H. Park is like that, that silent figure that really runs everything. He is the Joe <laughs> Pesci of uh, post-wrestling.
6: Oh yes, the shadowy <laughs> league figures, the NFL people say. He just, uh, in the he, he just
1: operates and He he is the the man that that just runs everything behind the scenes.
6: Yes, absolutely. Quietly. He's just pulling pull, pull the strings. Yes, yes. No, I I I got invited to the uh, to the chat, and it's been a real eye opener. Wow. <laughs> the um, well, not really, but the uh, the interactions between W H and Brandon are, are are unfailingly hilarious. Oh so wow! I can only I can, imagine. I can tell you that much. Um. Yeah, a bit like Des earlier on. Getting into this time of year reminds me of the start, the official start of post wrestling in in 2017. So it's it's amazing, you know. It, I still think of where you're sitting right now as Post Office West. Did you remember that designation? <laughs> you. <know? laughs> One day when well, we well, ink well, our well, book deal, Neil's going to be the writer of of the book. <laughs> well, well way has you, you, you. I remember. I used to love the uh, the stories of um, John arriving and um, <laughs> Way's, Ways folks' neighbour with the christmas decorations no
0: no update this year unfortunately we haven't had a chance to check on the christmas lights i
1: I haven't been to your parents house in uh well well over a year now let's just assume they're still up i will from two Uh, years ago i think they last until about may would be my recollection that year (laughs) when i was coming over (laughs) multiple times a week (laughs) neil what are you uh what are you kind of interested in this week what is uh what's on your menu wrestling or mma wise
6: uh, it'll be wrestling, and it'll probably be boringly enough t l c even though i 'm not exactly <laughs> you know over the moon about <laughs> about it but um i 'm off work on monday, so yes i'll stay up and watch it live and uh I might even call him with my thoughts on sunday um going back to something you mentioned earlier on um about leo rush uh Lashley and leo they, <laughs> I was reminded of that era this week because Lashley was wearing his t-shirt, which just says the Almighty on the front and on the back, <laughs> it has his name three times, which is clearly you know the whole Lashley, Lashley, you know the the time when Leo stunning it didn't stung. didn't get over. Oh my God, it was awful. You know, even the thought of it gives me shivers. Um, but yeah, uh, what I was really asking for was some advice because. Um, I'm getting asked by relatives about gifts for Christmas. And as a reader, I usually ask for books. But um, I've never read a wrestling book ever, either a biography or a history. Last week you had Greg Oliver on. But either of you have any any recommendations for a good wrestling book or books that I could uh, request as a gift? Are they wrestling fans, first of all? (laughs) <laughs> no they they, oh no no I, gift sorry i i boarded that by they, gift for me from them. oh they're i see oh, i see, me, I see I what gotcha. would you like <laughs> yeah
1: okay uh broken hearts by diana hart would be at the top of the list um no okay. that that would be a hard book to find um i'm looking at my wall here okay. i would say um are you looking for something like all time or this year neil
0: all
6: time all time
1: man i i would definitely recommend uh, you know for history any of the Greg Oliver, Stephen Johnson books are really well worth your time in terms of uh, yeah. biographies. Um, bit harder to find, but J.J. Uh, Dillon's book is a really strong one. I think everyone should read Pure Dynamite. There's negatives to the book as well, mm-hmm. some of the, the his kind of handling of his Japanese stuff. But all in all, I think, it, especially for the time that it came out, it was a pretty uh, revolutionary book in terms of someone being that open about a lot of the the darker side of professional wrestling Um, Who
0: who are your favorite wrestlers? You know, I would say, like, you you could even start there. I I mean, a lot of, like, a lot of your interest might depend on how much you care about the the careers of some of these people who have written autobiographies.
6: Yeah, well it's it's a weird cultural thing almost when I say cultural I mean sort of pop cultural and that I, I um I think of reading as, as as something I do separately from the hobby of wrestling. So even though I'm a big Jericho fan I've, I I think he's on his fifth book is it or fourth I, I don't know I haven't read any of them, you know. But he he's a he's an interesting guy and and um, I guess, you know, He's up there with with one of my favorites, who's still a bite. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I might I might look up his um, you know, um,
0: I, Lion's Pride. I hear is really good. Uh, as is Eggshells by our friend Chris Charlton.
6: Of course, yeah. And uh, there's uh, many I mean, like there, there,
1: there's a lot of good quality ones out there. Like there, there's bad ones too, but there's uh, oh, you know. That's a de- decent list to start uh, with.
0: Also consider some of the comic books that are out there as well. You know, I've heard really good things about um, uh, uh, Andre the Giant, Life and Legend, which is a comic. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, there's like, of course, the one that uh, I believe the the gentleman was interviewed on um, The Toys That Made Us. Um, this is called The Comic Book Store Professional Wrestling by, uh, it looks like, Aubrey Sitterson and Chris Moreno that sounds very interesting as well. So that
6: sounds very cool because I'm, I'm really into comic books and graphic novels. So Mm -hmm. that could be, that could be a way forward for me. If
1: you followed some of the, uh, the the world of sports stuff, uh, John Lister wrote a really, really great book on that uh, called have a good week till next week. That's a really good kind of examination of the world of sport era uh, for British wrestling fans Mm -hmm. as well out there. So anyway, those are, those are a few to throw out and you could probably find lists and lists online of uh, recommendations.
6: Excellent. And speaking of, of, of uh, world of sport, I'm very excited for the British wrestling experience tomorrow uh, and the big interview with David Starr. Do you have a list, Neil? Do you have, do you have a list? Very well done. You're, you're, you're making
0: up for our, our shortcomings. We totally forgot to no, mention it. But, but, yes. David Starr on the British
1: wrestling experience. It, it, I, well, I've, I've, I've listened to much of it. It's, it's very maybe good. Maybe the breakout interviewer of
6: 2019, Jamesy. <laughs> Jamesy, yeah. yeah, oh, he's so good. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I love Martin and I love Benno. but, um, but James is your favorite, uh, is what you're about to say. Well, we're both Irishmen, you know, so I suppose it can be a bit parochial in that sense. So, uh, and um, the couple of specials he did, he did. He, I mean, I was at the, uh, the the fifth anniversary show, so I was I was very interested in his and Alan hmm. Farrell's um, well, dissection you- of that. Uh, and of course, so tomorrow, uh, I really want to hear all White like, the stars. That's
0: going to drop actually at midnight, uh, East coast time. So that will be about 5am for you, Neil. So you can check that out Perfect. in the morning.
6: All right. Thanks a lot for the call. And just one thing. I, I, what it'll be is a really good distraction from the result of the UK election, depending on whether. When do you hear? When, when are results? Well, the polls close at 10 PM our time, which is five, I guess, where you are. And, um, what they do immediately at 10 o'clock is release the results of the exit poll, which is f- historically pretty accurate. So, at, okay. uh, so at five, five your time, 10 o'clock, my time, we should have a good idea of at least who will be the largest party. Wow. Um, very interesting. So, Thank you for the yeah. call again.
0: Talk to you next week. Thanks
6: very much. For Thank taking you,
1: Neil. Neil. Um, as we mentioned as well, uh, nwa into the fire do you think you'll see this show this weekend or is it just too crowded i'm really gonna try my
0: best you know i'm seeing like how much i have to do on on the saturday but i would really like to at the very least i want to i really want to check out the whole show and and um...
1: yeah it's it's gonna be one if if i have time i'll watch it mike murray is gonna uh, be covering it for the site on Mm -hmm. saturday night and then he'll be here in studio sunday with us during our tlc post show so he'll go through the nwa show and uh, we'll also get some of his thoughts on the roh pay-per-view since uh, him and i are not doing one Uh, Friday night but NWA they've announced uh, Nick Aldis James Storm the two out of three falls match for the NWA title Colt Cabana Aaron Stevens and Ricky Starks for the NWA national title Rock and Roll Express versus the Wild Cards for the tag titles Eli Drake Ken Anderson Allison Kay and Ashley Box against two of the three of Molina Thunder Rosa and Marty Bell as well as Trevor Murdoch versus the question mark and uh andrew thompson just put up an interview with molina on the site today so you can go check that out and he'll have an interview friday with shane taylor ahead of final battle
0: there's always a great deal of i think interest in like a first show for any promotion with any level of buzz Mm -hmm. and you know man and
1: how they transition the tv format to a pay-per-view which is you you can't do that tv show for two and a half hours
0: no you can't at the same time though it is taking place from the same same area uh in in the same Same studio Um, But they also do have the added curveball of having to debut a new announcer uh, in Stu Stu Bennett.
1: Yeah, which I'm as interested in that as anything on the show as well to hear how he does.
0: I have high hopes. I think he'll do a good job. But, you know, uh, I think these matches will be really interesting. Like Nick Aldis versus James Storm, I could see being very interesting. I could see, like, whatever story they're trying to tell with Tim Storm and Nick Aldis might come to a bit of a head there. You know, guys like Cole and Aaron Stevens and uh, a newcomer in Ricky Starks, like, i i'm really impressed at how like i renewed interest in even somebody like aaron stevens st- coming off of uh, nwa power so that that'll be interesting you know um the, the women's match between allison Kane and ashley Boxers versus either uh two of melina thunder rosa or marty bell i i don't really know as much of what to think about that like i don't know what to think about the what do you think about the drumming that accompanies thunder rosa it It's a little jarring, it's so jarring, but it's like they've done it so often now, and I follow the chat from time to time. People seem to love it in the chat room wow it's like it's like become a bit of
1: an inside joke, but how are they going to do that live? I suppose uh fans will have tape. drums, oh, it's interesting. The natural so they're doing the tapings coming out of this, so Sunday and Monday they're doing t v tapings, and they're supposed to have a new episode they're promoting for Tuesday. I kind of would have preferred if this was like your season finale and then they come back let people miss the product and then see they're already coming off of a week off
0: though you know and and isn't that the best time to build off of the momentum after getting potentially new eyeballs on a pay-per-view
1: i just i kind of like the idea of breaking this up in seasons and having that gap
0: if you're going to do a season finale i would say the the tuesday episodes following the pay-per-view maybe should be your season finale.
1: and maybe finale. that could be it i don't know what they have yeah. planned after next tuesday right. like they might just be doing like the fallout and then because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be dropping episodes on Christmas Eve or New Year's True. Eve on if you're you're dedicated to your Tuesday uh release
0: date. Let's go back to the phone lines. Caller, are you watching anything on the weekend?
7: Um no, because uh this is Varush from Phoenix, I just had my twins and like I said, I'm <laughs> hardly watching anything.
0: Congratulations Var- Varush. Um, wow. You know, I noticed in the chat room you and Brandon were having a bit of a spat about who had the bigger truck. With
1: both of you guys um, being delivery drivers,
7: he, he, yeah, he definitely wins that one. I'm, I'm am I'm just doing. I'm just picturing Brandon road, in like so. a
1: giant like dumpster that he just drives around or something. I, I don't know what size vehicle he has, but um <laughs> I'll tell you exactly what he does. He have uh, photos?
0: Well, no, he he did mention he's he's got um, what is it, Varush? Um, he's uh, I think
7: he said he's on tri
0: a
1: triaxle, a triaxle.
7: Which I'm not gonna lie, I have no idea how big that is, but it sounds <laughs> It sounds big
1: huge. A triaxle dump truck is that, enormous. That thing. laughter behind a guy,
0: like <laughs> yeah, behind the wheel of a triaxle, is fucking uh, like <laughs> quite the visual
1: <laughs> picture going down the highway. And Brandon suddenly falls off. Holy this. shit!
0: That's like Optimus Prime,
1: really? man
7: just falling into like, giggle fits as he's driving all over oh my he's goodness
0: <laughs> swerving <laughs> what's on your mind about it oh um,
7: well congratulations things. by um, the way yeah th- thank you thank you on it the twins been, and, the, and the and the truck activity. yes yeah
0: i'm surprised you have time um, even like, got... to call in right now
7: i'm actually back at the station here picking up more packages so i had a few minutes and i was like wow. "You know what? i'll call
1: do they sleep in tandem um, or is it just all over the place they're each on their own kind of schedule right now
7: oh they are on their own schedules right now which has been hell on my girlfriend Oof. um wow um because she we were not feeding them formula so she is their supply of food and that is very unfortunate right now
1: i i have all um, the uh the sympathy in the world twins i i could not imagine but uh you two are both champions
7: yeah. Uh, mostly her. She I mean she did it she did it naturally with no epidural, oh, no wow. pain. Wow. And yeah, she and no C section either, so it was all just straight out the shoot. <laughs> Man, amazing. <laughs> and uh and yeah, it was that was I applaud her. She is awesome.
1: Wow, that's incredible. Um what are their names? But um
7: Genevieve is the girl. We okay. I have a boy and a girl. Um Genevieve is the girl and the little boy is Shant. That's like Sean with a T at the end. Okay, he was named uh, after my little brother. It's an Armenian name. I'm Armenian. Okay, so I named him after my little brother who passed um probably uh, what 13 years ago now. Oh, I'm sorry, but um so uh,
1: wow, uh, I thought well, that'd be a, a cool
7: name to carry on.
1: Very cool. That's that's uh,
0: wonderful.
7: Yeah, um, I was uh I was listening while uh, Neil was on. You guys cut out a little bit, so I didn't hear all the books you guys were recommending. But um, so I don't know if you guys recommended this one, but I had a I had one that I read recently. Uh, it's the uh, comic book story of professional wrestling by Aubrey Sitterston. We
1: uh, brought that one
7: I up
0: Amazing. I mentioned it at the end. I'm sorry we oh, cut out, you. but but I haven't read it myself, so please uh, tell me about it.
7: Oh, it's just, I mean, it's it's not as detailed as most, obviously it's comic books, so it's not as detailed as most books on the history of wrestling will be, but it is a very concise and very, um, it, it has a lot of information for, the size of the book i'll i'll say that it it goes into all types uh catch catch can uh goes into japanese history uh mexican history uh um uk even and then obviously it wraps it back around to um more current day stuff though i think it was made a few years ago so it doesn't have anything recent as far as the new
1: uh
7: uh-huh. um, in the past year or so uh which uh, great ideas for the next book if he ever does one, <laughs> but um no it it is it is really good and the artwork is great in it, um but no I can't recommend it enough.
0: Very cool, very cool. Thank you for the recommendation.
7: Yeah, um no and then I I did have a question for you guys. It was just something that I've been thinking about lately, uh because last week I I called and asked you guys about the mid card title that they might be bringing into AEW, mm-hmm. and I was actually wondering is what, what which champion do you guys think would lose their title first? Like, with all these stories going on and the pay-per-view coming up in February, do you, which champion do you guys see losing that first between Riho, SCU, and Jericho?
1: Oh, okay. Um, I definitely see Jericho holding on to his title. Um, tag champions, I could see them switching the tag titles. Um I I just I'm a big proponent, especially when you've just introduced titles of having long reigns to establish the first champion, so it's not just a a quick title run and suddenly we're flipping the title over to people. I, I'm a I'm a proponent of the, those long champions to establish them at the beginning. So I'm not advocating for any of the champions to be dropping the titles now, but I guess you would have to look at SCU as the most likely of those three, given just how much depth there is in that tag division that you could go with.
0: I agree. I think it would be SCU because I think they already have a bit of a name and I could see them wanting to, you know, use an SCU defeat to elevate another maybe more unknown team. Riho, I would I find really interesting because, uh, you know, they they haven't necessarily established her yet. So I feel like she needs a little bit longer with the boat before they take it off of her unless they decide to give up.
7: Do we know why she hasn't been around? Is there, uh, so I've does been, she have dates she has to fulfill or anything?
0: Yeah, I believe she's wrestling in, wrestling in Japan at the moment. So, But, I mean, I don't think that's any excuse to not do something with her beforehand. You know, shoot something just to give her some presence. Even if it's a selfie video from her back in Japan. Like, just some type of presence for your champion, I,
1: th- I think it was totally necessary.
7: Some pre promos or something? Yeah.
1: Anyway. Or even highlights of her wrestling around the world. Yes. I mean, there's lots of options you can do to keep... Uh, and, and, you know, if I'm making my short list of people that are priorities, she's one of those. So, yeah, they've yeah. just announced she'll be back January 1st for the title defense. So that looks to be the next time she'll be on TV. Oh, cool. All right. But well, anyway, yeah, that, that was it.
7: That was just a couple things.
1: Well, good luck with everything. And we we, we send our best. Thank you.
7: Thank
1: you. To the new arrivals. Uh,
7: you guys have a good one. All Thank right. You, you
1: too. Uh before we get back to the phone calls, do you want to take a look at the TLC lineup as our final card to look at this Let's weekend? Let's do it. So we have seven announced matches as of Thursday afternoon. Roman Reigns and King Corbin, TLC match. I think this is going to be re- really good. Corbin versus Reigns. I think it could be very good too, yes. I don't think Reigns can uh, not do really well in this style of match, mm-hmm. and I think Corbin... Corbin is fine to to work with Reigns, and I think that the, the gimmick will assist this match greatly. The dog food gimmick? Uh, <laughs> I guess. I was talking about the tables, ladders, and chairs. but oh, okay. You have okay. to have some dog food involved in this. The summit, dog
0: food involvement. The, the dog blank involvement is what I'm most curious about. But I agree with you. I think the, the you know TLC match, they typically come across really well. And I think we both of them have proven to be pretty, like, very
1: competent uh, in-ring performers. So I'm sure they'll map this match out really well. I read the best... Uh, preview for SmackDown okay this was this is how they have teed up SmackDown Roman Reigns was left battered covered in dog food and tied to the ring post at the hands of Corbin and Ziggler at the end of SmackDown now the big dog is ready to be unchained despite defeating the show off in the ring a post-match attack from Corbin and his minions was too much for Reigns to overcome Corbin made good on his promise to humiliate his rival but now as he pushed Reigns to an even more dangerous place? Will the big dog bite back before the TLC showdown with Corbin? Catch SmackDown, 87 Central on Fox. Oh, lovely. Will the Beautiful. big dog bite back? Yeah, forget book recommendations. I think we could just read those. Great WWE.com entries. Yeah. The New Day versus The Revival for the SmackDown tag titles. Bray Wyatt versus The Miz non-title match. As we get non-Fiend Bray Wyatt.
0: This is, of course... Yeah, this is Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt taking on The Miz. So...
1: I think that why? allows you to do a more competitive match. No red light. Thank God. Yeah. Unless they have some other idea in mind for this version. Could- Maybe they'll have a big backdrop, like the Firefly Funhouse. It could be. I don't know. Um, it
0: remains to be seen. You know, this certainly it makes the, the, the outcome a little bit less predictable. But I still think Bray Wyatt's going to beat The Miz. Non-Fiend Bray Wyatt is going to beat The Miz.
1: Yeah, this almost feels like it is a... Um, not exactly like QT Marshall, but it just seems like such a clear outcome that they're going to be convincing you that The Miz could win this. And by having it a non-title match against Bray Wyatt as opposed to The Fiend, I I think you could look at it like they could have The Miz uh, triumph here and then lose to The Fiend. Possible. Yeah, uh, They could do either. I'm not that... Amp for the match. I don't. Though.
0: I don't sense that much interest
1: unless they do a great angle on Friday. Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy. That could be very good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Depending the time they get that for sure. That could be very good. Kabuki Warriors against Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Another TLC match for the women's tag titles. Um. I'm looking forward to this. I one. think this could be a really great match as well. I think both TLC matches should deliver.
0: Yes. I um, think. I think Charlotte is is an excellent excellent performer. Uh. I mean, Sane and Asuka, I'm really curious to see them in a. TLC environment so I think that match could surprise people
1: you know what I'm tired of though on WWE shows when they do the double gimmicks is one opens the show and one closes the show yeah I think when you start the show with one of these it's just death for the matches that have to follow yeah. I would I would rather this happens one of them happens midway through and the other closes isn't it death for whatever match has to follow it anyway I think when you start the match it's it, the sh- start the show like that you just start with one, like, look at this card. This is not a deep card. So yeah. to me, it's, I would at least build towards these TLC matches rather than out, right out of the gate, which is just such a WWE style of shows. And I think we've seen the, the pattern of what happens then to your middle of the show. And Is that as much concern,
0: though, for them as, as it is to start off really strong and to, more importantly, give people
1: a break from the TLC gimmick between the rest of the show? I just think that it's... I I don't think it's that big of a sacrifice to do one. Midway through, you have a few matches in between, and then you do the final, but we'll see what they do. Roots of Bobby Lashley is a tables match, and then the Viking Raiders, an open challenge for the Raw Tag Titles, and presumably a bunch of matches to be added. We've got seven here. The kickoffs at six, main Dude, shows man, at seven.
0: God, seven is fine. They don't need to add any more. Please, this is enough. Well, like you a know, two and a half hour
1: show. I would say one, minimum three more matches.
0: One match for the kickoff. That's perfect. You, know, you could put Black and Murphy on the kickoff. That's fine. Like I don't, I don't need more than this. This is this. I feel like I would get my my nine If this was two and a break. half
1: hours, I'd be totally well, fine with this.
0: Anyway, Rusev and Lashley. I I certainly feel like they will extend this beyond TLC. They've just simply in, in, invested way too much into this to just blow it off here. So I expect Lashley winning with the help of Lana, of course. Plus, Lana low blows him. He goes to the table. Whatever. Some, something stupid like that. Um, Viking Raiders versus TBD. We don't
1: know who they're going to defend against yet. Yeah, it's just an open challenge. So okay. We'll see who they go with. I mean, they've, they've teased stuff with uh, Gallows and Anderson. They just beat the Street Profits. It won't be them. I
0: don't think it'll be Gallows and Anderson. You figure they would announce that, you know? Um,
1: Unless they're going to have a, a left field team come come in
0: honestly this really just feels like it's a plain card i mean unless they announce a great deal of like you know
1: star power on on friday i, I just can't even see what what they could announce well, this, well what do we have i i don't think they're going to announce rollins and owens at the last minute though i, I could so, see them I mean, doing some kind of angle on the show so they yeah. have a presence but i don't see that match happening Orton, aj you're not getting here you don't think so i mean they, i feel like they would have announced it by now don't you think yeah i i do I thought maybe during the week they would announce... Well, we're at Thursday, so yeah. we'll see if they announce anything more. Uh, Rey Mysterio isn't booked on the card. Yeah. Um, there's Not to say they won't have presence on this show, but
0: you, you really do figure they would have announced a lot of this by now. But you know, we could be wrong. Friday, like After the show, perhaps, maybe they can announce something. But otherwise, I'm not going to say it's going to be a bad show, because I think on paper, a lot of these matches can look pretty interesting. But in terms of star power,
1: definitely a weak lineup. I wouldn't say this is a card that you're necessarily anticipating it would be a show that if i'm on the fence there's a bunch of other stuff going on this weekend mm-hmm. i i wouldn't be going out of my way to see this this is a hear what the highlights are and maybe check it out the next day kind of card sure so that is the last major card of the year for wwe in this very uh hectic weekend that is going on so um as we await numbers do you have any any feeling about i think it'll be just as close this week uh than last
0: week i'm I you know it's 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 really difficult for me to predict now as we wait.
1: Mind recapping about last week's numbers, John. Please. So last week we had AEW with eight hundred and fifty one thousand viewers, uh, narrowly edging out NXT in overall viewership with eight forty five. In the eighteen to forty nine demo, it was AEW with a point three two, NXT with a point two nine, and NXT uh, prevailed among people eighteen to thirty four females 12 to 34 and of course over 50. So they won 3 of the key demos last week.
0: And and when you're like looking at these ratings like do you look at any other uh, um, how other TV shows do in comparison and are there any notes in particular for this particular week that we should be mindful of?
1: Um for this week I don't know what the I I didn't sense that there was really any strong competition that that would sway things uh either way this week. I think this would be, you know, it's very, it's a, last week is a very good comparison as opposed to last week where uh, when i did my breakdown i compared it not just to the thanksgiving week but two weeks before which i thought was a bit more accurate and when you look at that yes aew bounced back to a degree from thanksgiving but when you look at two weeks ago not all of that audience came back so Mm. you can't really just use thanksgiving as a reason for aew being down because it's not like they got back up to the level they were two weeks prior right so um and that will be, yeah, one question to look at this week is, like, do those people that didn't tune back last week, do they find the show this week? And what kind of a hook NXT had for the entire two hours? Like, they promoted the three-way, and beyond that, was there um, a lot that people were hooked to the show? And what kind of momentum NXT still has over the last couple of weeks?
0: Yeah, yeah. Out of the two shows, which one are you looking forward to more?
1: Next week? Yeah. Um for the overall show, I'm looking forward to AEW. I think that it's in terms of one match, I'm really I'm really interested in Baszler and Rhea Ripley. I think they did a great job. And I think Cole and Balor will be really good. I think it's interesting to look at the two because I would say that if you're of the mindset of we are building stars I think that it's Two years from now, we may look back and this Jericho Jungle Boy was really significant for getting Jungle Boy to that next level. Whereas Mm -hmm. NXT, I think Cole and Finn Balor, it's very much a a one week title to promote title match to promote that. I don't think this is going to make a big difference for either guy. But for Jungle Boy, this could be a career making match if it's done effectively and yep. they really do hit it out of the park that to me is the big question yeah you know big if I, I i have no
0: doubt that they will do a great job with the match you know i have no doubt that i think in the in the body of the match jungle boy will come across really well but i think the way that scorpio sky was just kind of like treated as such an afterthought as soon as that bell rung in his match against Jericho didn't really kind of under under delivered like uh, for my expectation so the follow-up for for this jungle boy match against Jericho will be really interesting to me
1: would you if you're looking at kind of the goal of what they're going for with jungle boy is would there have been a better candidate than jungle boy at this time or what do you think well, that he's the right
0: guy to be doing this with? I think you could have went with any number of people, to be honest. Like there are a lot of people in the Jungle Boy kind of level that could have really benefited from it. And I would almost suggest that Jungle Boy would, would was a bit of a left field pick because he has he hadn't spoken prior to the week uh before. And but I would say the same with Scorpio Sky. Um I think Jungle Boy is a perfectly fine choice for it. Um how they will follow up with him now, are there other people that would have benefited more than Jungle Boy for something like this that might have made been a smarter decision? Um, I think somebody like Ray Phoenix would have been really interesting. But maybe they don't have plans for somebody like, like Ray Phoenix in a singles. singles uh, and also, they're breaking him a heel right now. So I don't know if that would so much work. But they, I'm sure they have a lot of weeks where they can do something like this, where Jericho can give his value to some unknown guy just to kind of get them put their put their name on the map um and this week it happens to be jungle boy's opportunity
1: so between both shows aew in addition to chris jericho jungle boy they've got scorpio sky and frankie kazarian defending the tag titles against the young bucks and a number one contenders match between Britt baker and chris statlander which sets up the challenger for Riho on January first, and then NXT has the two title matches with Adam Cole, Finn Balor, and Basler, Rio Ripley. They have not announced anything else yet for next Wednesday's show. Right. Okay. So yeah. Strong lineups to end the show, uh, end mm-hmm. the year for for both shows at this point.
0: I'm seeing some uh, preliminary reaction to some ratings on Twitter. Well, when do you read what what's out there? So out there on Twitter, people are suggesting right now, seven hundred seven. Sorry, 778,000 for AEW for NXT. 778,000 tied. <laughs> Apparently, a dead tie according to a number of people on Twitter right now. Of course, this is preliminary. This is week 11 a dead tie between AEW and NXT for the very first time. Uh as far as the prime demo, I haven't seen any reaction to that just yet, but we await confirmation, but um it seems like it's it might be a tie. Man, what are PW Torches reporting? A seven, seven, eight thousand
1: viewership tie for both. Wow, yes. that is a uh, that is remarkable. Is it? It's that's pretty amazing. I mean, they were pretty they... close last week already. Like these are again, these are still somewhat uh, estimations, but it's uh... no. That's <laughs> the fact that they busy. landed at the exact same number is. Uh pretty astonishing. Yeah, it's bound to happen
0: in some weeks, but um
1: wh- how, you know, what are your takeaways from something? Well, like it this? tells you the the audience was down for both this week then, at least if we're we're looking at that overall number. Um so those are, you know, uh about 75,000 viewers give or take between mm-hmm. both that they were down. Yep.
0: So, yeah, we shall await a proper uh, breakdowns uh from showbuzz daily and and elsewhere, but uh yeah if you guys have any reactions call in call in right now we still have a few more minutes here in the show uh you can give us your thoughts on this or anything else going on in the world of wrestling at the moment
1: uh while we are awaiting these numbers do we want to talk a little bit about some of our year-end programming that we have uh, coming up because of next course. week will be the final the final cafe hangout of the year will be next Thursday final
0: cafe hangout of the year yeah that's because uh, John of course as many of you know will be taking a bit of a break not just uh, to go to Japan but also uh, just just for our own sanity so next week will be the final cafe hangout that'll be followed up the week afterwards with uh, our holiday programming so starting on the 26th we'll have an edition of ask away that'll be special for you guys because on the Tuesday prior to that New Year's Eve we'll be releasing our Christmas show this year Uh, Of course, we'll be having uh, a number of our best of and worst of shows coming out soon after that as well. So, the week of the final week of December, on the 31st of December. Out early for our Post Wrestling Cafe patrons will be our best of show. And we'll be joined by Davey and Brayden, just like we were last year, talking about the best of professional wrestling. Two days later, we will be releasing that show to the public. So that'll be uh, uh, on the Thursday. Everybody will be get, able to get that. But two days ahead for uh, Post Wrestling Cafe members. By that time, we'll also be in Japan. So we'll be do- delivering bonus Wrestle Kingdom uh, 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 coverage all throughout our, t- our stay in Japan uh, across uh, January 2nd to January 6th. 6th, really. We'll be carrying on with uh, our various shows uh, at that time. On the Thursday following, will be our Worst Of, again with Brayden and Davey. And then by that that time, hopefully we'll be back to normal as Paula comes back. I'm actually staying an extra week in Japan for a vacation, but John will be holding down the fort here. And then, mid-January, John will have Ariel Helwani back on for the annual MMA show. So I'm looking forward to that a yes. whole lot as
1: well. Uh, So... We do have the breakdowns now. So AEW was 11th for the night among cable programming, .28 among 18 to 49s and NXT a .24. So they went out that and then looking at the other demos here, uh among females 18 to 49, AEW did a .16, NXT a .14. Males 18 to 49, AEW .40 and NXT a .34. So they They won back that demo people 18 to 34 was a 0.18 for AEW NXT posting a 0.14 females 12 to 34 uh, AEW uh, winning out that one 0.09 to 0.08. So that one was fairly close people 12 to 34 AEW 0.20 NXT a 0.17 people 25 to 54. That was AEW 0.32 to Uh, 0.27 and then people 50 plus was still an nxt win 0.38 to a 0.29 so aew reverts back uh, a tie in overall viewership but winning all but 50 plus among the key demographics this week but uh overall viewership down eight and a half percent for aew down eight percent for nxt so um yeah they they were down including among uh the key demo that they were down from last week's uh figures very
0: interesting, very tight race, but lower numbers for everybody. Um, I mean, as far as the prime demo goes, it, NXT not necessarily closing the gap more so than they did uh,
1: last week. No, last week they were within a point zero three. Mm-hmm. This week it was a point zero four, but, but but both dropped mm-hmm. so from last week. And yeah, I guess they, you look at next week. Like next week are being promoted as almost mini miniature pay per views between mm-hmm. the two. So you would hope that. I would say each show should be targeting that 850 to 900 plus range. I I would think that 900 would be something to shoot for if you're Mm in either show, given how much stock they put into both shows.
0: Would you say this is, you know, what's the room for growth, I would say, you know, for for this range, a number I would, in in the next year, are we going to stick around this 800 range, you think?
1: I think for the foreseeable future, I think 800 is kind of uh, what you're targeting. 778 is... You know, throw out the Thanksgiving week. I mean, that's, you know, fairly low for, especially for AEW. NXT was as low as 698 going back to uh, mid-October. But, um, you know, it's lower than you would think for a week that didn't really have too much else uh, going on. I mean, you know, there was an NBA game. There is a lot of viewership right now for cable news with everything that's going on with the... Uh, ongoing um, investigation and impeachment hearings with uh, with Donald Trump. Uh, So typically you see news programming higher than usual. Um, But I I mean, again, this was not a week that you had uh, crazy competition either.
6: Hmm. So,
1: Cool. um, If we do not have any more calls, uh, we can wrap things up. Um, Once again, Jamesy is going to be having David Starr on the show which will be out Friday morning for most out there. A great two-hour chat with David Starr. I'm looking forward to that one. Friday night, Wayne and I are back. If you're a member of the Post Wrestling Cafe, you will get Rewind to SmackDown, which includes a review of Final Battle for Friday night's show. Saturday night, UFC 245 post-show. And then Sunday, we've got Thunderstruck coming up on Sunday morning with WH joined by Sarah Flan to chat about Jushin Thunder Liger, Tyler Breeze from TakeOver in August 2015. The night before SummerSlam that you and I are reviewing next week. Perfect. How did that time out? I have no idea. And the week rounds out Sunday night with the TLC Post Show. Mike Murray will be here in studio. If you want to watch that show live, that's available for Double Double Ice Cap and Espresso members at PostWrestlingCafe.com. Thank you to all of the callers for joining us. And we'll speak with you Friday night after SmackDown and Final Battle.